Welcome to the GDPR Stand Up Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping you succeed with GDPR compliance. Your host is Rocio Beza. Let's get started. Hi there and hello, welcome. I'm Rocio Baeza, the host of the GDPR Stand Up Podcast, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 24. The title of today's episode, so we're going to continue the four-part series. Um, so today we're going to be talking, we're going to be continuing to talk about the path to GDPR compliance for my consulting practice, cybersecurity base. And the focus is going to be on how I will be transitioning to maintenance mode uh, now that I've gone through the steps and the process of getting uh, cybersecurity base to fulfill its responsibilities under GDPR. If you're just tuning in, Welcome. Thanks for checking us out. And if you are a longtime listener, uh, thank you for sticking around. So um, if you're just tuning in, and this is also a, ref- a refresher for those that are regular listeners to the podcast. Um, if So this is part four of the series. And um, just to give you a refresher. So in the last three episodes, I talked about, all right, what are the GDPR requirements that apply to cybersecurity base? What are the gaps? And I also talk about the journey that I went through uh, for addressing those gaps. I talked through the process that I followed to fill the gaps. And I also talked about the challenges that came with that. And in this episode, we're going to tie up the series and I'm going to be talking about, all right, now that I've done uh, all this work in understanding, okay, what actually applies and understanding, okay, what are the gaps and understand and going through the nitty gritty work of filling the gaps, um, I need to now transition in, transition to maintenance mode to ensure that all the work that went into uh, bringing cybersecurity base to this level um, does not go to waste and that I continue to leverage that investment in resources so that I can continue to say, hey, my consulting practice, it actually meets the bar of GDPR and we are committed to maintaining that level of compliance in the long term. It's not just something that we expect to do once and it's going to magically continue to happen on its own. And uh, just um, just uh, to put uh, some more concreteness to that that information, I want to give you a quick reminder on what the uh, what the ten GDPR com- com- which of the ten GDPR components applied to cybersecurity base. So we have a resource. It's called the ten GDPR co- components, and this is a way that I was able to boil down the different components of GDPR. It's a resource that I created for myself. When I was first learning this information, I struggled to remember all the things. So by boiling it down to 10 GDPR components, that is how I was able to remember, all right, what is all the breadth of GDPR? And you, if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you will, um, it's also not news to you that, so GDPR, um, the requirements actually depend a little bit, uh, or they vary a little bit from organization to organization. And it really comes down to, all right, what data does your organization hold? How is that data 
received like how is that data provided who who or what is the source of the data and how is that used internally um, that is what would ultimately dictate which of the gdpr requirements actually apply to your organization because you don't have to do it all you definitely can but under the law you are required to do certain things if you meet specific criteria so bringing that back to cybersecurity base, uh, there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the 10 GDPR components actually apply to cybersecurity base. So I'm going to walk you through uh, what those, those actually are. Oh, and I, I actually did a math mistake. It's actually seven. And if you are not familiar with this resource, the 10 GDPR components, and you want to check it out, Go to the website, gdprstandup.com, and click on where it says the 10 GDPR components, and you can see that and download a copy of that there. So let me walk you through, okay, what are the seven components that actually apply to my, my consulting practice? Here they are. Uh, internal record keeping, privacy policy, third-party contracts, individual rights, operationalized information security program, breach notification and demonstrating compliance. And so in the previous episodes, I went into um, the, the gaps and the process that I followed to address the, the gaps. But now that I am in a point where I want to, I'm ready to transition to, ma to maintenance mode, um, there, what that means is there are things that I will need to continue to do uh, from here on out and I've categorized that into two buckets. So the first bucket is ongoing processes. So these are uh, things that will need to happen based on events. There are events that will trigger that I take action. And the other bucket is going to be quarterly checkpoints. So think of this as an ongoing check-in to make sure that any changes that I've introduced to the company are reviewed and and any trickle down effect that it has to our GDPR obligations are that 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 trickle down effect is assessed so that we are adjusting our GDPR compliance plan to um, to align to those adjustments. Now, let me explain further what that actually means when I'm talking about ongoing processes this is what I mean. So keep in mind, there are seven GDPR components that apply to us, right? And uh, in terms of ongoing processes, so there are three. So if anybody reaches out to us and asks to exercise any of the uh, GDPR individual rights, our company will have to take action, right? So there are, I believe there are a total of eight individual rights that are afforded under uh, GDPR, things like the right to access, the right uh, to rectification, the right to, to erasure. So if at any point in time, anyone reaches out to me or my company and they wanna know, hey, what kind of personal information do you hold about me? We have to respond, right? So it could be that we get swamped by these requests or it could be that uh, we don't get swamped with this request and we might see uh, requests here and there um, over time and only time will tell. So that's the first ongoing process. 
in the event that someone reaches out to us and says, hey, I want to exercise one of my individual rights under the GDPR, then my company has an obligation and we will fulfill that obligation and we will um, we will provide you with what we are required to provide you with. The next thing is going to be, to be a data breach. So say there's a data breach, right? There's a data breach either that my company was involved with, whether it be that there's something that we did that directly led to that data breach or one of our service providers did something that lead to a data breach. I then have to make sure that we are responding as we need to. I need to make sure that we are able to identify whether or not that has happened, that we are able to conduct an investigation, that we are following our standardized operating procedures and making sure that we know, all right, for the given scenario, for given the information that we have, given the information that we have learned, uh, what are our obligations? So in other words, do we have to report? If we have to report, who, who do we report that to? If we don't have to report, what kind of documentation do we have to have on file on our end to meet the requirements for not having to report, right? So all these questions we need to uh, be able to answer and respond to in the event of a, a data breach. And like before with individual rights, it's possible that we might have a data breach this afternoon, right? Or next week or next month. Or it's possible that we don't have a, da a data breach um, or we have da data breaches uh, very infrequently. So uh, that's another ongoing process that if there's a data breach, um, I will have to operationalize our internal process for responding to that. The, and then the last example of the ongoing process that we would have that we are now uh, working under, given that we're, we are transitioning to maintenance mode, is um, so say we decide to partner with a new service provider, right? Say we bring on a subcontractor, say we bring on a freelancer to support us in a specific area of the business, say uh, we start to use a new service provider, whether it be a new environment, a new tool, a new service, and they have access, and as a result of that relationship, they need access to personal information or, or even company information that we hold. Um, that means that we need to do due diligence on our part to make sure that they that that they that we are not introducing undue risk uh, to ourselves to the company by working with this new service pro provider. And if that is, uh, and if the level of risk is acceptable, then we will move forward and bring them on. And that's an example where with a new service provider, we would do due do diligence before using and partnering with that service pro pro provider. But we would wanna make sure that we have adequate agreements in place so that it's crystal clear who's responsible for what and specifically who's resp uh, what the responsibilities are uh, as it relates to protecting or handling personal information. All right. So those are three ongoing processes that will be triggered by an event with individual rights. If someone reaches out to us and say, hey, we want to 
exercise our, our rights, we'll have to respond to, to that in real time, right? If, if there is some type of d data breach, say I, I don't know, I irresponsibly leave my laptop open, uh, unlocked, and leave it in a cafe for whatever reason, and then someone is able to, I don't know, uh, gain access to the laptop, or maybe, like, there's just a number of different scenarios um, that can happen that may lead to a data breach. Now, I'm not saying that that's what I do, but I, I just want to give you an example of um, different things that can happen uh, that can lead to a data breach, right? And then lastly, uh, the service provider example. If there's someone else that uh, we bring on board, a new person, new service, new technology, uh, that will trigger that we need to conduct due diligence on them and that we have the appropriate agreements in place to clarify who's responsible for what. Now, let's talk about the quarterly checkpoints. So think of this as just a sanity check where we will be doing a very intentional look back at, all right, what has our business done in the last three to four months? Um, and how or what kind of trickle-down effect or impact does that have to our GDPR program? So these are the, so when we go through this process, so let's see, we are, right now we are, as at the time of this recording, we are in, in May. So that next quarterly checkpoint will probably happen June, July, August, e either end of August or early September, right? So at that point in time, I have to look back and say, all right, for the months of June, July, and August, what are the big changes that happened for the company? Have we started to work with any new people, any new contractors, any new employees? Because that is possible. Have we expanded the technologies and the services that we are using to run the business? That is also possible. Have we added any products or services to our offering where we need to add that to the scope of our GDPR program? I have to ask all these questions and then that will help me understand, all right, what kind of documentation do I need to update? Do I need to update the data inventory? Is that still complete? If I'm collecting any more data points, specifically any more data points that would be classified as personal information under GDPR, I need to add that to the data inventory. If there are any tools that are adopted, I need to add that to our IT system inventory. And I need to make sure that it's captured in our data inventory and, and, and that I'm documenting, all right, what's the use of this new piece of information that we're co collecting, right? I also will need to review our data flow diagram to make sure that it's still up to date. If there are any changes, changes in terms of people, processes, or technology, that probably means that the data flow will have to change, right? And uh, the same goes with service providers. Um, if we do have any new service pro pro providers, I need to make sure that, that um, the data inventory accounts for that, the IT systems inventory accounts for that, the data flow diagram, accounts for that, that are that the contracts that we need to have in place, that they indeed are. And if there are any changes to the things that I just mentioned, then I need to update the documentation to make sure that, that it's correct. I need to assess the implications. All right, given the changes, 
what does that mean? Do we have new responsibilities under GDPR? Or do we have to account for other things? Then we will go ahead and make a list of the, cha the changes that we need to make based on that assessment. Prioritize that list of changes that need to happen. And I need to pull in my attorney to make sure that I that she is overseeing my work and that if I have any blind spots, that she is able to help me detect those. And once I do that, then I'll repeat that process in three, three, three to four months after that. And then my friends is how we are maintaining, how, that, that is how we can maintain compliance to GDPR. And this doesn't just apply to GDPR, this applies to other security laws. This applies to other security and privacy regulations or frameworks. Um, organizations, when we take on any, any of these types of initiatives, we need to level up to meet the requirements. But then we need to transition to maintenance mode so that we continue to do the things that we are supposed to be doing. And any changes to the business that our compliance programs are adjusted accordingly so that we can continue to say that, hey, last year we went through an initiative to become GDPR compliant. And I am confident that we are still compliant because we have these checkpoints in place and we have a good checklist of if any of these things happen, that will trigger that we take these actions. And I wanna make sure that it's super clear to you that uh, this is not unique to GDPR. This applies to CCPA, the California Consumer Pri Pri Privacy Act, which will go into effect ne next year. This applies to PCI. This applies to HIPAA. So please, 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 I wanna ingrate it, ingrain it in your in your minds, in your ears, that um, there is maintenance work that has, to, that has to go into any of these types of compliance initiatives. I really enjoyed recording this series. It, uh, it was actually fun. It was actually fun to um, not only lead my organization to comply with GDPR, I was able to share that journey with you and hopefully you were able to learn along the way. And I hope that this encourages you to know or to, to reach out to other people and ask for help if you need help with things like GDPR or CCPA or any of the other data privacy or data consumer, I'm sorry, uh, data pri pri privacy or data security uh, requirements. This is not easy stuff. I think that it comes off, it, it comes easy to me because I've spent many years doing this type of work. I've made my share of mistakes and I've been very lucky in having mentors and managers and advisors that have helped me along the way. And I appreciate that. And um, I hope that you enjoyed this four part series. And if you like the podcast and you haven't done so already, I would ap appreciate it if you can leave a review, an honest review, so that we know uh, what you think of the podcast. So if you enjoyed the podcast and you want more, there are several ways that you can work with me. I help organizations with GDPR and CCPA. I help organizations with readiness, audit, remediation, and, tra and training. 
If you're looking for outside help and want to learn how I can support you, how my consulting practice can support you, send me an email at rocio at cybersecuritybase.com and you will see that information in the show notes if you want to get in touch. So before we wrap up for today's episode, I want to just give you a preview of what we're going to be talking about in the two coming episodes. So we have two big milestones that are coming up. We are nearing the one-year anniversary of GDPR, and we are nearing the six-month mark of the GDPR Senna podcast being up and running and out there in the world. I'll be sharing some awesome, exciting updates to the podcast, to what we're going to be talking about in the next six months, and uh, you don't want to miss that. Well, thank you very much for checking us out, and see you next time. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the GDPR Stand-Up Podcast. If you need additional help, please check us out at gdprstandup.com. Until next time.